0: Welcome to The End of the Innocence, the JFK assassination. I'm your host, John Young. In this week's episode, we're going to talk about why President Kennedy had a trip planned to Texas in November of 63. We're also going to talk about a huge argument that him and Lyndon Johnson had the night before the assassination. And we're going to look at some strange occurrences that occurred at Love Field the morning of the assassination that would play a big part in what happened later that day in Dallas. President Kennedy believed that his Republican opponent in the 1964 U.S. presidential election would be Senator Barry Goldwater of Arizona, but Kennedy was convinced he could bury Goldwater under an bunch of votes. One obstacle to his success was a feud in Vice President Lyndon Johnson's home state of Texas between Governor Conley and Senator Ralph Yarbrough, both Democrats. To present a show of unity, Kennedy decided to tour the state with both men. Kennedy began the tour with his wife Jacqueline and Johnson on November 21, 1963 in San Antonio, with visits to Houston and Fort Worth that same day. The next day they would fly to Dallas. The night before the assassination on November twenty-first, 1963, Lyndon Johnson and John Kennedy had a heated argument in the Hotel Texas in Fort Worth. The argument was over who would sit where in the motorcade the next day in Dallas. Johnson insisted that his friend John Conley, who was governor of Texas, ride with him in the rear vehicle. And Texas Senator Ralph Yalborough, a man who LBJ despised, would ride with Kennedy in a presidential limousine. The argument that night over who would ride where in a limousine got so heated that several hotel employees and numerous Secret Service agents heard the shouting match. One Secret Service agent I interviewed in 2005 said the whole incident was strange. He'd never seen LBJ so mad before. The agent said, and I quote, He did not want Governor Connolly riding in the car with JFK, and we couldn't understand why. End quote. There are investigators and researchers that believe that LBJ knew about the assassination attempt that would occur the next day in Dallas and didn't want his good friend John Connolly in the car with Kennedy, with fear that he might get shot also. The Secret Service agent told me that President Kennedy won the argument, and LBJ stopped off furious. The next day in the motorcade, Texas Governor John Conley would ride with President Kennedy in the presidential limousine, and Vice President Lyndon Johnson would get stuck with Senator Ralph Yarbrough in his car, whom he hated.
1: Downtown Fort Worth was alive with cheering crowds when the presidential motorcade left the hotel for Carswell Air Force Base and the 30-mile trip by jet to Dallas. The president and Mrs. Kennedy rode in the convertible with Governor and Mrs. Connors. By this time, the sun was out, and all along their route, there were cheering crowds, including hundreds of students who were dismissed from classes so they might see the president. The president is in good spirits. The Texas trip is going well. Aside from an occasional hostile placard, The crowds are friendly. Although they were behind schedule, the president and Mrs. Kennedy once more went into the crowd
2: to shake hands with scores of well-wishers.
0: In 1963, Dallas was the most influential city in the Lone Star State, next to Old Rich Houston. However, Dallas also had a reputation of being a stronghold for the right-wing extremists. It was well known in the 60s if a man wanted a job as Dallas policeman. It helped if he was a member of the Ku Klux Klan or the John Birch Society. The city police and other governmental officials were filled with members of the Klan, the John Birch Society, and other conservative groups. But Dallas was instrumental in carrying Texas in a national election, so in '63 it was included on a quick political trip by President Kennedy. Kennedy got a warm reception in Dallas, but shortly before Kennedy's arrival, hundreds of leaflets distributed along the motorcade route. These leaflets accused President Kennedy of treasonous activities against the United States for betraying the Constitution and for turning the sovereignty of the United States over to the Communist-controlled United Nations. A full-page ad in the Dallas Morning News that day welcomed Mr. Kennedy, not President Kennedy, asking, amongst other things, why Latin America was turning anti-American or communistic as president kennedy's plane arrives at dallas's love field things seem to be going well but things were about to change and those changes would affect this country even to this day
1: good morning ladies and gentlemen this is bob walker speaking from dallas love field where a large crowd is gathered now to await the arrival of president and mrs john Fitzgerald kennedy from carson air force base in fort worth that by the way the plane you're seeing now is the C123, which transported in the uh, big limousine, the famous bubble-top limousine, which the President and First Lady will ride in. However, that limousine now is down in front of the uh, welcoming ramp, and uh, yes, I can see it from here, and it does not have the top up, so uh, our information from some of the uh, Secret Service men earlier was correct, that uh, depending on the weather, if it's nice weather, no rain, top would be down, so... Evidently, uh, for all of you people who will see the parade downtown, you'll see a glimpse of the president and first lady in the flesh rather than through the bubble-top glass on the outside. The president has been quite pleased, I may add, in this Texas reception thus far. So, yeah, that there is a uh, pretty good rift going right now between Governor Connolly and Senator Ralph Yarborough. Whether or not the president can heal that rift remains to be seen, but he is very pleased with the people, uh, the turnout, etc., and has uh, made no bones about saying as such. The president is up to the fence now, shaking hands with people. The president and his wife are right up on the fence. Uh, Done as he has done in several places, he's broken away from his uh, planned uh, plan and uh, gone right up to the fence to shake hands with people. This is great for the people and uh, makes the eggshells even thinner for the Secret Service whose job it is to guard the man. Mrs. Kennedy right up. There's the president shaking hands with the people. He's uh, waving at a lot of people, smiling, Secret Service men all around. Boy, this is something. This is a bonus for the people who have waited out here. Now, Mrs. Kennedy... Right along behind him, president president's still moving uh, over towards some phone booths that were set up for the press. The people surging up toward that fence, but there is a fence, and the president waves goodbye, waits for his wife, and back they go to the car. Governor Conley standing in the car, beaming. Governor Conley with a big 10-gallon hat on. Mrs. Kennedy stepping in the car first. Now the president... They both in the back seat now. Now the motorcade will very shortly start to move out. Bill Decker, Dallas County Sheriff, driving his own car, personally escorting him with the Chief of Police. The presidential car moving out. The president and first lady. Big, beautiful Lincoln. Secret Service men, the car behind. Uh, then comes the vice president and Mrs. Johnson, Senator Yarborough. Now people over in this area are getting a chance to see the president. That motorcade will swing way around, go by the Continental uh, Airlines maintenance hangar, head out for downtown Dallas where thousands should already be on the street right now, waiting for a view of the President and his wife. Dallas police out here in force today, doing a beautiful job of handling the crowd, along with a contingent of Texas Rangers. And I still can't get over the fact that the President and his wife broke away from the planned uh, creek to the automobile, and went all along this fence out here, right up to the fence, shaking hands and talking with these hundreds of people gathered inside that fenced-off area. It was a great thrill to them, and a complete surprise. The party now is uh, leaving Dallas Love Field. The three big White House press charter buses behind us getting ready to pull out. And, uh, of course, as we say, thousands will be on hand for that motorcade now, which will be downtown Dallas, uh, down the... Uh, Cedar Springs to Harwood, and on Harwood, it'll turn on Maine, from which point it'll go all the way down to the courthouse area, which is the end of Maine. It'll turn on uh, Houston Street to Elm under the triple underpass, out to the mark where the president talks at uh, approximately one o'clock.
0: Of all the strange occurrences that weekend in Dallas, what we're about to talk about may be the strangest of them all and it played a huge part in the killing of the president. As the motorcade was leaving Love Field, Secret Service agent Don Lawton was protecting the right back of the presidential limo. Lawton, along with Clint Hill, who was protecting the back left of the limo and assigned to Jackie, were ordered by Emory Roberts to fall back. Hill took the order in stride and fell back to the follow-up car, but Lawton, on the other hand, was somewhat defiant to this order by raising his arms in disgust, as if to say, what the heck is going on here? Lawton, who was assigned to protect the president that day by riding on the back of the limo, actually got left at Love Field and wasn't even part of the protection detail that day in Dallas. In an interview with retired Secret Service agent, Clint Hill, he told me that himself and Lawton were assigned to Jackie and JFK respectively during the motorcade in Dallas that day. Without the very strange fallback orders from Memory Roberts moments before the assassination, both agents would have been on the back of the limo at the time of the shooting. If Lawton would have been in place on the back of the limo that day, he could have saved JFK's life. Or maybe not. Maybe the assassins would have just shot the agents first and then went after the president. Video of Emery Roberts ordering a Secret Service agent off of John Kennedy's car was captured on video by WFAA-TV out of Dallas. Yes, I know this is a podcast and you can't see the video. If you go to YouTube and search for JFK Stand Down by Secret Service, you can see this actual video that we're talking about. Here's the audio from that video. Please go watch the video for yourself.
2: Everything seemed normal as the President's motorcade began its journey. Everything seemed normal. That is up until this instant. What took place is so odd that we're going to examine the scene four more times. Watch the left side of your screen. The arrow points to agent in charge, Amory Roberts, as he stands in the Secret Service follow-up car and motions with his hand. What he is doing is calling away the president's two most important bodyguards, the bodyguards whose job was to protect the president's back by riding on the bumper of the limousine throughout the motorcade. Watch again as he stands and orders the agents running at the rear of the president's car away. Watch the confusion inside the follow-up car that results. Now watch the right side of your screen. The arrow points to one of two agents whose job was to hop aboard the bumper and act as human shields. He's obviously perplexed. Watch as he shrugs his shoulders three times in dismay, each shrug more dramatic than the last. As you watch this scene for the final time, ask yourself, is this the kind of conduct you would expect from an agency that routinely sends an advance team to a city a month or more prior to the president's arrival in order to make preparations? Now ask yourself if the assassination could have taken place at all had those men been on the bumper during the motorcade. This is the rear of the presidential limousine. The back bumper is specially designed with a platform on both the right and left sides. There are also handrails on both sides for the trunk. This is where the agent should have been to provide the president even minimal security. The president, unaware of the treachery behind him and the danger waiting for him ahead, continued on to his death.
0: Either way, the Lawton Hill ordeal is a huge smoking gun in this case. As incredible as this may sound, Emory Roberts was never questioned by anyone, including the Warren Commission, about his actions that day in Dallas and why he ordered Secret Service agents off the back of the limo that could have saved the President's life. Emory Roberts would die in 1973, never talking to anyone about the assassination or the events that occurred that day in Dallas. Next time on the end of the Innocence, the JFK assassination, We're going to look at some strange occurrences that occurred right before the motorcade in downtown Dallas. We're also going to talk about the Dallas' police strange behavior during the motorcade. Then we'll go to Dealey Plaza, the site of one of the most horrific events in American history. Thank you for joining me, JFK assassination researcher John Young, and we'll see you next time.